process of nominating a candidate for president is long. It is a long primary race. Complicated. One side tries to convince the other to join their team or break a tie with food or rock, paper, scissors. What the heck is a caucus anyway? <laughs> and well, it leaves room for error too. I was totally screwed up. And a lot of people are wondering what the hell is going on. But for all the attention given to the first four voting states of Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina, they represent a fraction of the number of delegates awarded in the primary process. And some of the biggest states have yet to weigh in. Until now. One territory will vote with more than 1,300 delegates at state. Super Tuesday. 14 states hold primaries on March 3rd. That's when a whole group of very large, diverse, and delegate-rich states all vote at once. March 3rd is Super Tuesday. On that day, 14 states and American Samoa hold their nominating contests. About a third of all delegates are allocated. It's the most pivotal moment of every presidential nominating process, but it wasn't always the case. I'm Amy Walter, host of Politics with Amy Walter from The Takeaway, and this is How to Vote in America, a podcast from WNYC Studios. Every episode, we'll tackle one element of this long and twisted election process and try to make sense of what it actually takes to vote in this country. Before now, the only way to gauge how candidates are performing has been to look at the results from the four early states. While the results of those early states can dictate a lot, like who gets movement in the polls, who can pull in donations, and who the media decides to focus on, those states are responsible for just 4% of total pledged delegates. It's a pretty small number. Those early contests can be damaging to so-called frontrunners who fail to meet early expectations, like Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren. Warren in third at 18%, and Joe Biden presently trailing in fourth place. Or can generate momentum for dark horse candidates. 92% in state delegate equivalents. Buttigieg continues to lead. New Hampshire's biggest surprise was Amy Klobuchar, who burst into the national spotlight with a third place finish. And can help to define the front runner. Sanders celebrated his front runner status at a rally in Texas, one of the 14 Super Tuesday states. The win cements Sanders' status as the Democratic front runner. But Super Tuesday will really tell us who is most likely to win the Democratic nomination. Super Tuesday is an integral part of the presidential election cycle, but it's a pretty new phenomenon. In fact, it was just 40 years ago, in 1980, that Florida, Alabama, and Georgia decided to host their primaries on the same day. Then, four years later, it grew to nine states. And then, in 1988, 20 states held their primaries on Super Tuesday. It was mostly southern states that wanted to have more of a say about who became the Democratic nominee. They were trying to get a moderate Democrat nominated in hopes that the moderate Democrat would not only win the presidency, but also be able to protect the southern senators and congressmen and governors who were facing an increasingly difficult political climate as those states tended to move to the Republicans. That's Elaine K. Mark, author of Primary Politics, Everything You Need to Know About How America Nominates Its Presidential Candidates. She says that while electing a more moderate candidate didn't go as planned in 1988, the significance of the day stuck. Super Tuesday happened because of the confusion that was going on in the nomination system around the fact that 
the early contests in Iowa and New Hampshire were getting so much attention. So other states started to try and jump the queue. They started to try to go earlier than New Hampshire or earlier than Iowa. And neither Iowa or New Hampshire would let them. They would simply move their date even earlier. States get to decide when they'll hold their nominating contests. And Iowa and New Hampshire carved out space for themselves early on. But how is it that they get to hold on to their first-in-the-nation status all these years later? So both parties, in different ways, adopted what's called a window for the primary season, that the opening four states in the nomination process would be Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina, and that those were the only states that were allowed to go prior to the first Tuesday in March. The two national parties have threatened and sometimes acted upon the threat to not seat any delegates at the convention in a state that moves out of sequence. After complaints that New Hampshire and Iowa weren't representative of the country because of their overwhelmingly white populations, Nevada and South Carolina were added to go third and fourth. Today, in order to become the party's nominee, a candidate must secure 1,991 delegates. On Super Tuesday, more than 1,300 delegates will be up for grabs, around 33% of the total. California, Texas, Virginia, North Carolina, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, Maine, Vermont, Colorado, Utah, Minnesota, and American Samoa will identify a definitive frontrunner. Together, these states are more representative of the electorate than the early states, and with the exception of American Samoa, those states hold primaries and not caucuses. Super Tuesday this year looks a lot different than it did in 2016. The biggest change? California has joined the ranks of Super Tuesday states with a whopping 415 delegates to award, the biggest allotment by far. In 2016, California didn't host its primary until June, just weeks before the convention. Well, obviously, California thought that it wanted to have an important say, and you can't blame them. They are the biggest state in the United States. They're incredibly diverse. They are incredibly wealthy. It's an important state. Something else is different this year, too. Most of these states, including delegate-rich Texas, North Carolina, and California, have early vote. That means that lots of voters are casting their ballots before March 3rd. Now, with so many early votes already cast, a candidate can't necessarily count on a late surge in momentum to automatically carry them to victory. Normally, we'd expect to see the race winnow down to two or three candidates by the time Super Tuesday rolls around. This year, however, there's been little incentive for low-performing candidates to drop out before March 3rd. For example, thanks to a last-minute infusion of donations after her strong debate performance in Nevada on February 19th, Senator Elizabeth Warren was able to fill her almost completely bare campaign war chest. Here's the other thing to know about Super Tuesday this year. While one candidate will emerge with the most delegates, there's no guarantee that that candidate will be able to reach the magic 1,000 991 number by the time the primary process wraps up in June. Why? Well, because Democrats reward their delegates proportionally. That means that the winner of a state contest doesn't get all of those delegates. Don't worry, we'll untangle the complicated delegate math issue in another episode. So, Super Tuesday is really big and really important, but it may not be the last word. And that's what's up with Super Tuesday. 
You can hear more about what comes out of this year's Super Tuesday on Politics with Amy Walter from The Takeaway. Find that by searching for me, Amy Walter, in your podcast feed. Thanks for listening. More on how to vote in America next episode. 